Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Time for Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Our first three-day race week of the 2021 season upcoming as Wednesday and Thursday night racing this June 30th and July 1st, 6 p.m. Pacific, and a special Saturday night card at 6 p.m. Pacific this Saturday, July 3rd. Joe Withy and Vince Broom here at Emerald Downs, and we are back for another week. Vince, and a little more action this week. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a tremendous uh, eight-race card, uh, this being Wednesday, and we'll talk about that as we yes. go on. Eight more races on Thursday, and they're in the process right now of drawing Saturday's races. Looks like we're going to have seven races on Saturday, Joe, beginning oh. at six. Okay, and then, of course, the fireworks spectacular after the races. This Saturday, July 3rd, the tradition is back at Emerald Downs as... Uh, the state uh, just uh, eliminating restrictions. Uh, the state is open after 15 months of some serious COVID uh, rules and regulations, including those of us here in the horse racing industry, why not? And uh, we are very happy to report that uh, things have been lessened and lenient and uh, well lessened. I'll stick with that word, Vince. Hey, uh, three-day race week, you mentioned, what a great card. If you're listening to this on Wednesday afternoon, June 30th, or even Wednesday early evening, we have got some fantastic racing. Our first two-year-old races of the meeting come on Wednesday's card. And Dutton is back in action. Last year's horse of the meeting is going against older runners tonight, Carl. Yes, and that is a that goes as race seven at 8.42 p.m., and even without Dutton, he's certainly the headliner, 8-5 to five on the line. That is a very solid field, top to bottom. Make a case for all of them. You mentioned the two-year-old, Joe, full fields of 10 yeah. in races 2 and 3. And doing the morning line, I had a heck of a time uh, deciphering those. Hey, good luck to you, man. 
Yeah, and I ended up with uh, three to one and seven to two morning line favorites in those races. They were really difficult, but that's fun. I, I enjoy that a lot, uh, seeing the new horses come out and certainly encouraging to have those big fields. Yeah, you do your research on two-year-olds as far as uh, looking up uh, the dam side and the dam's race record, the dam's production record, um, you know, uh, the best begets the best and uh, sires are involved, trainer patterns certainly involved, right. purchase price as a tendency to uh, reflect uh, um, confirmation and so forth. So there's a lot to go into it. John Lindley will help us with that yeah. on today's podcast, Horse Racing Northwest. And Petra Lewin will help us as well. She's raised a couple of horses that are in action at Emerald Downs this week, including one first-time starting three-year-old that, uh, boy, if I was in on that one, I'd be pretty optimistic, Vince. It's the fifth race on Wednesday, Dark and Handsome by Harbor the Gold out of Battle Shout. Uh, first or the only firster in that three and up. Uh, actually, it's all three-year-olds, Colts and Geldings, in that fifth race on Wednesday night. Um, and his works look pretty good. Hey, they sure do. Um, you mentioned the Harbor the Gold out of Battle Shout. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's uh, even further depth on uh, the Wednesday card, Joe, is uh, a couple of good uh, older maiden races in races four oh, yeah. and five. And then even race six with horses like Grinder, Sparks Aglow, and Zatter, and So Lucky, and Cody's Choice. Uh, top to bottom, that's another good race. How about it? What a great card. And Dutton is in the seventh race, as Vince, Vince mentioned, a little after 8.30 on Wednesday, uh, the seventh of eight races on Wednesday, eight on Thursday, and we're looking forward to our fireworks spectacular show. It's back after being gone for one year. It's back this Saturday after the races at Emerald Downs. Go to emeralddowns.com and get your tickets. Uh, that is going to be a premium ticket to get in. We're not uh, opening completely up uh, to our, you know, old numbers of what, 14, 15, 16,000 on the fireworks show quite yet. So we have uh, a lot to talk about and talk to on Horse Racing Northwest. Let's uh, go over last week's uh, top efforts and uh, weekly honors, Vince. Okay. Yeah. Jockey of the week, Jose Zadino. And Jose has been a regular here many years off to a good start here in 2021. Trainer Chris Stensley. Boy, she's got, uh, Spitting image going great guns right yes. now at the meet. Uh, full brother to OB Harbor. Looks like he's got a pretty good future going for him. The owner of the week, uh, Remmer Racing. That's Howard Hammer, the veteran horseman. Yeah. And uh, I believe Lumber Baron up from Stanwood. Uh, WTBOA Washington Bread. We mentioned Spitting Image. Two straight allowance wins for him. Groom of the week goes to Annette Holguin. She works for Debbie Perry. Exercise rider Santos Rosales uh, works for George Rosales. Great, great. Uh, yeah, Howard Hammer. I believe Howard just turned 101 and uh, right around Kentucky Derby time, the first part of May, because uh, he'd celebrated his 99th at Emerald Downs in 2019. He was looking forward to his 100th birthday. And then, uh, of course, we didn't have any owners or special events in 2020. So uh, congratulations to Howard Hammer. Been part of racing for a long, long time. And Washington business and industry, uh, just a real accomplished man, Howard Hammer. Um, and we did have a horse do something that no other horse has done last week. Let's uh, hear from track announcer Tom Harris. Inside the final furlong, at the inside, Rita Lorraine. From the outside, you go, girl. And a late run from Stand in Your Love at the rail. But Rita Lorraine's answered the call from Juan Gutierrez and nails it by two. 
That was Rita Lorraine, the first and only horse to win three races at Emerald Downs this year. And Vince, she does happen to be three for three undefeated lifetime. She sure is. And we've got, I think, eight horses with two wins. So uh, Rita Lorraine is off to a sensational oh, start. Boy. No kidding. Uh, you know, and she had to step up in class, of course, beat a little tougher field this time around, which she she handled. So Rita Lorraine, three for three. As I grabbed, uh, she won the same day as uh, Spit and Image, who you mentioned. Buckley Bay has been absolutely sensational in two starts. Rita Lorraine's by Don't Mess With Kitten out of Asura Slough, trained by George Rosales after a recent claim. Juan Gutierrez was aboard for owner Howard Hammer. So uh, Howard's uh, got a good one there. She just won for 25000 in a uh, three and up, uh, non-winners of three, uh, non-winners of two, actually in condition so rita lorraine the only three-time winner at the current meeting uh so um we're gonna do our back and forth a little bit but let's get our first guest on as we'll take a short time out we'll come back with breeder owner petra lewin on horse racing northwest Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in a state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Horse Racing Northwest continues, and again, our first three-day race week, racing Wednesday, Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Our, our time, and then this Saturday, July 3rd, racing at 6 p.m. Following this week, we're going to go to our uh, schedule that's going to last for several weeks, and that'll be Thursday at 6 p.m., Saturday at 6.30 and Sunday at 2.30. So after this week, we'll be going Thursday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Vince, let's go to the phone lines. And uh, a gal who's just been in the industry for a while, and she's got some pretty good action going on this week at Emerald Downs. And uh, um, uh, we certainly wish her luck, but we'll, uh, we'll find out a little bit about Petra Lewin right now on Horse Racing Northwest. Petra, good day to you. Good day to you as well. Well, Thank good you. good to have you on. And uh, are you at Rainbow Meadows right now? Yes, I am. Where is that? Uh, well, we are about five miles off of exit 88, uh, halfway, well, we're 65 miles from Emerald Down south off of the freeway near the Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. In an area called Grand Mound. So 65 miles. On the west side uh, of the freeway. That's uh, south of Olympia then, right? Yes. Yeah. And about west, 20 miles. 20 miles south of Olympia, right? And uh, on the west side. Sounds uh, 
like home to you and uh you started uh you've been in the racing industry around horses for a while tell us a little bit about your history in the in the thoroughbred game uh well i uh got a job working at the tonino ranch in 1974 Mm -hmm. and i was hired to be a rider of young racehorses and that winter we did about 18 there at the ranch with another fellow who did a lot of groundwork and um, I was paid $2.50 an hour and I owned this little rundown farm and I took that money and invested it in the ranch basically railroad ties and uh, so fence boards and the property okay the property that's rainbow meadows then has been uh, you've been in and around that area for quite a long time then i it sounds like i came here in 1972 okay that's great and 250 and i bought 20 acres of fairly run down very old farm it had a dairy uh 1934 dairy building on it big uh gable roof barn which i converted then into a horse barn nice and uh, with the good fortune of some clients that then sent horses to me after my Tonino adventure, um, I got a real estate license and I would start horses for people in the morning and go do real estate in the afternoon. Well, good for you. That is great. Always keeping keeping a foot in the door. And uh, Tonino was a pretty going concern back then. That uh, That's the SJ Agnew, Dan Agnew operation, uh, right? With- yes. Yes, I think at that time, Washington was fourth in the nation as far as uh, Washington-bred racehorses competing on a national basis. We were, well, as far as breeding stock goes, they were fourth in the nation. That is great. Yeah, Uh, really high up there for quite a few years. And uh, that's right about the time Captain Courageous came in there. He was about my favorite stud in the 70s and 80s there following Longacres. So you got to know him, I'm sure. I got to know him, Saltville, Talargo, mm-hmm. and actually a horse that um, I think he left just shortly after I got there was Domier. Okay. He was a French horse. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that's great Washington history there. And and uh, so you uh, broke horses, broke babies, so to speak, uh, at your place. Uh, you did. And uh, did you breed many of your own horses uh, in the last... Uh, in that period, the 70s, 80s? Well, I started off with a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of broodmares that were sort of uh, ended up in my lap. I, uh, the people that I started horses for were uh, the Lindsays, Corinne and Bill Lindsay, and uh, the fellow who owned that, uh, Les Brainerd. Mm-hmm. He owned the uh, Sheridan there on the freeway. In, in Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah. And uh, then Julie Mc and Packy McMurray. So they all kind of sent horses here. And um, as a result, I ended up with a few, a few mares, I would say not top quality mares, but then, then I ended up uh, purchasing a couple of mares as well as time went on. And uh, the latest horse, uh, the mother of the horse that's running tonight, uh, Tim McMurray bought for me down at Barrett from the um, apple bite dispersal. Okay. Her name is uh, Battleshout. Yeah, Battleshout, who's been a pretty good producing mare, I see. Um, and uh, her her boy, Dark and Handsome, is running tonight at Emerald Downs in the fifth race. 
Um, we're speaking of him, so let's just talk about him. Um, you bred to Harbor the Gold, and uh, Harbor the Gold has just been the runaway leader among Washington breads for over a decade now. So uh, uh, you, did you always kind of have an idea you wanted to breed to Harbor the Gold? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. And uh, the first foal she had by Harbor the Gold was a, uh, a filly. And then uh, I bred back because I thought the filly was pretty nice. And we got this colt. And um, so his nickname was Sonic when he was little because his hair stood up, I guess, like the cartoon character Sonic. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you got to have a shortened barn name. You can't be uh, using all those many syllable words when you're speaking of oh, Yeah, but we do call him handsome now. Okay. And is, <laughs> is he handsome? Tell us about him as an individual now. Well, um, he, he ended up actually growing into a rather large horse. I think unexpectedly, the mare is not that big. And uh, he had a little accident that uh, I would have sent him to the sale. In fact, he was entered in the sale. And then because of uh, a, little, a little problem, um, we, we scratched him. And so we decided that we really liked him, that we would go ahead and... Uh, and get him in training. And Charlie Essex had him as a two-year-old, but uh, because he was so getting so large, uh, we backed off and turned him out for the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie took him down to Arizona to get him started down there this uh, late, well, I guess it was winter. Mm-hmm. And um, here we are today. Yeah, I see he had a couple nice works down there. And uh, just seems to be training well. What is Charlie telling you about uh, some of these workouts that he's had? Well, you know, he's, he seems to be pretty high on the horse. He wants to see the horse um, not become speed crazy. I guess as a two-year-old, he, you know, he kind of wanted to get very uh, speedy and a little high, and, and so he's kind of cooled him out a little bit. Um, the horse is... He's very trainable and he's pretty sensible. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, you know, take your time with him, uh, which Charlie has, I think, uh, you know, we'll end up with a hopefully a very nice horse. And um, the horse has definitely matured a lot. He was a, a very big gangly two-year-old. Well, you he's know. filled out. I don't think he's gotten much taller, but he's filled out. Well, that's great. You know, you take your, you took your time with him. He's training great. Uh, we love to root for small breeders around here because, uh, you know, we know the work that goes into it and sometimes small breeders grow in their operation. And, uh, this looks like uh, a real promising event for you. His name is dark and handsome and, uh, he's six to one on the Vince Brune morning line in the fifth race. It's a maiden special weight. They all happen to be three-year-olds in there. At six and a half, he's the only first-time starter. Vince, uh, how'd you arrive at the morning line on that with uh, uh, quite a challenge there in the nine-horse field? Yeah, well, usually when you see six to one, it means you, you can, you're can you not really sure. You Obviously, the horse training like he has some ability. The breeding is there. Um, and so you got to give him some respect. But on the other hand, you got some horses in there with have shown, proven they can run a little bit, especially a horse like just passing through comes off a big debut for a big barn like Blaine Wright that you know is going to attract money. But I would not be surprised at all to see Dark and Handsome get some play tonight and also to to come out running. Yeah, well, no, he, he's he got all the, the 
uh, credentials that you like to see. Charlie Essex Barnes doing great. The workouts are strong. The dam is a multiple producer. And of course, Harbor the Gold on top. So Petra Lewin with uh, some excitement from Rainbow Meadows tonight at Emerald Downs. But she's not a one-hit wonder. She's uh, Petra's got another horse in tomorrow night called Blazing Bella Blue that has done nothing but uh, run sensationally here at the meet, Petra. The horse finished second in a maiden special at Santa Anita. And you brought her up here, and uh, she's run a, two really nice races for you. What can you tell us about Blazing Bella Blue? Well, actually, interestingly enough, Blazing Bella Blue um, and Charlie... <laughs> Charlie owns half of her. Um, long story about the real estate situation that occurred at one point where I ended up with the mayor and um, asked Charlie to be part of that operation. And uh, the mayor was by Sky Mesa, and Grayson had a couple of very good, strong stakes winners in California by Sky Mesa, out of Sky Mesa mayors. So... I said to Charlie, I said, let's, let's bite the bullet, send her down there, get her in full and, and see if we can't breed a, another really nice horse. And, um, so she came back up here. We had a couple of interesting incidents with the mayor and, um, blazing Bella blue is the, uh, the resulting foal. Um, she was born here on the farm. She's, um, a very sharp looking, individual has been uh pretty responsive uh she and actually dark and handsome grew up together i had him gelded at an early age because i don't have that many horses here mm -hmm. and um she and handsome hung out a lot together so maybe maybe that's uh, a good omen <laughs> well you know, when you're when Blazing Bella Blue runs first uh, out at Santa Anita in a maiden special weight and runs second, uh, that that's pretty darn good. And uh, she has two a win and a second and two starts up here. She's a maiden no longer after winning June 17th. As Vince said, she's in Thursday night at Emerald Downs in an allowance, non-winners of two, four fillies and mares. Blazing Bella Blue with Alex Cruz back aboard her. Uh, so your uh, is your broodmare band growing? Or you got a couple of uh, uh, weanlings, and uh, you got yearlings at the farm uh, that, uh, that your mares are producing. Yeah, uh, well, I have two yearlings here. One belongs to me, and one doesn't. Unfortunately, Battleshot got sent down to stay thirsty and did not get in full. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would have had a yearling by him. But um, she went back up to uh, Coast Guard, and she has a weanling filly by her side by Coast Guard, and um, is bred back to conveyance, by the way, and, and is in full. Great. Yeah. And um, then the, I have another mare, Lottie Dog Julia, who is a, actually a uh, Maker's Mark mare that um, has a weanling colt by Attaboy Roy. And a yearling filly by 613. Lots of action. And then we just got another mare here that we're working with Don Parker on, and her name is Hetty. And she's also in full to um, conveyance. Hetty's. So a... next year looks to be a conveyance kind of year. <laughs> That's great. Hetty's a big 
dark bay beautiful mare so she she could be a really good producer i got i gotta mention yeah. petra you're part of emerald downs history a horse you uh bred and co-owned with donna tillette and you probably know what i'm talking about named making fire may 31st 2015 the biggest two dollar win price in the history of emerald downs 153 dollars. i'm sure you remember that day well with making fire i do and that horse still lives here on my farm he's oh been retired and um just had a tooth trim this morning as a matter of fact that's great yeah making fire i know donna Tillette had uh like five across on him or something because, uh, you know, she was kind of scared off by the odds, but she said, no, I'm going to bet him anyway. And of course that was a big bonanza, but, uh, still at, uh, Rainbow Meadows making fire. That's great. Uh, son of Maker's Mark, correct? Or a daughter, correct. daughter of Maker's correct. Mark? Uh, son. Yeah. Son. Yeah. Okay. Well, Petra. Yeah, he's the son of, uh, of, um, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark actually did okay as a stud. He didn't get much opportunity, but uh, tremendous racehorse by Son of Briartic. And uh, uh, there's one of his making making fire has that record. And I think uh, Maker's Finale might still hold the Washington Cup record for margin of victory in a, in a Washington Cup race. I think I that's right, 15 lengths, so, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, Anyway, yeah, Petra, uh, we're looking forward to your first time starter tonight. Uh, again, love to root for those small breeders, smaller operations that uh, that do a lot of the work themselves and stay in the game and, and keep us going. And uh, um, really, uh, really good luck to you tonight on with Dark and well, Handsome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate everything that you folks do for us. Well, we we really do. Well, and I appreciate it. And yeah, I think Vince uh, same comes from him so uh thanks so much for joining us and give us some, some insight into your history and rainbow meadows and uh that's petra lewin on uh horse racing thank northwest you. thank you thank petra. you petra see you at the races okay, okay. bye-bye thank you petra uh so yeah really really good possibilities for her dark and handsome tonight as you mentioned there's some horses that have run pretty well in their vents and having that uh one or two starts that have shown some ability dark and handsome still plenty unknown but uh boy he's got a lot of uh, those works kind of jump off the page yeah, don't they good things around him uh speaking of uh two-year-old stuff uh you got a couple items for our back and forth section here i do and yeah let me give you one here on okay. uh, the first two-year-old winner of the year has been a stakes winner five times in emerald downs history and we've got two maiden special weight races today, as you mentioned, with big fields. So we could have a couple of stars on the on the horizon tonight. Um, in 1997, Sassy Joe Lassie won the first two-year-old race of the year. Stakes winner. These are all stakes winners. 2007, Smarty Deb, probably. I think if I had to vote, she's she'd be the best juvenile in Emerald Downs history. Uh, you know, as she, as many of you know, she made it to the Breeders' Cup, and. Uh, she ran four times here, won three stakes, beat the boys twice. Um, so she was good. And she won the first two-year-old race against the boys, as a matter of fact. Uh, 2011, Chu and I, he ended up being a state champion. He won the first two-year-old race of that year. In 2012, Don Munger's Roving Patrol, a super fast filly. Don got a couple wins out of her and then sold her and did very well. And in 
2016 Patty's Secret won our first two-year-old race, and she was a, a stakes on the stakes scene for several years and won an overnight stake, a 25,000 overnight stake in 2019. So five times we've had a two-year-old uh, first race winner become a stakes winner. And it wouldn't be surprised me if that uh, happened with one of the horses tonight. Okay. Um, the two races tonight are both four and a half furlongs, which is uh, pretty common for our first two-year-old race. But at that distance, Joe, they're they're right into that first turn, into the yeah. turn pretty quickly there. So I did a little research on post positions. So since the start of the 2015 meet, so that would be the last six seasons, the outside four post positions, I think we limit it to 10 in those races. So that'd be post 7, 8, 9, 10, or a combined one for 55 Wow! at four and a half furlongs. So if you don't break or you, you stand a good chance of really getting hung out fast. That's, and uh, That's a significant uh, It stat. is. So if a horse maybe doesn't run well tonight out of one of those posts, you might give it another shot coming back. Okay. And that was going to be one of my questions for John Lindley, uh, the one hole for two-year-olds. Now, uh, and you pointed out the distance of four and a half. So uh, with that turn coming up quickly, and, and of course it it makes it a little bit easier as you get the long backstretch to sort out positioning right. for a few furlongs before the turn. So, okay, that's a good one. Uh, Tampa has a two-day meet Wednesday, June 30th, and Thursday, July 1st, due to some strange Florida rules. So uh, they are racing on Wednesday and Thursday, Tampa, if you're a big Tampa fan. And Jason Beam calling the action at Tampa now after, I think, 37 years of Richard Grunder. And who's calling the races at Grants Pass? Yeah, that would be Matt Dinnerman. I talked to Matt as he was driving up from uh, the Bay Area to Grants Pass. And uh, so he's doing the final five days. Now they're down to three. They have three days left in their spring-summer meet. That would be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And this Sunday, Joe, July 4th, which is not a racing day here at Emerald Downs, they are going to run the $90,000 Firecracker Futurity for two-year-old quarter horses wow. at 350 yards, which will be the richest race in track history. And they drew that race yesterday. They had the qualifying. They had seven qualifying races uh, two weeks ago. So that'll be a, a fun race uh, this Sunday at Grants Pass. You bet. Okay. So... Uh... Yeah, Vince mentioned no racing on Sunday, July 4th, as uh, that is actually this coming Sunday, as we do race Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday nights this coming week. But we'll pick up uh, Sundays next week. July 11th, we'll be racing Sunday. Um, I went over that schedule before, but starting next week, Thursday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon is the schedule for Emerald Downs Live Racing. And speaking of stakes, our first, our next stakes races will be on Sunday, July 11th. The Governor's and the Washington State Legislator Stakes. The Governor's Older Horses, six and a half. The Legislator Stakes, Phillies and Mares, six and a half. And if coming out of stakes wins in those divisions, Papa's Golden Boy and I'm a Happy Cat. Yeah, and nominations for those close on Saturday at 2 p.m. Okay. for those two stakes. Yeah, so... Pretty excited to watch the second round for those horses coming back. And, you know, this one's from the one you're hot, you're hot category. Mm -hmm. Joe Toy, we've talked a lot about. He's the leading trainer with 12 wins. He's only had one second at the meet. So when they're firing, they are winning. And uh, Greg and Chuck Conley and Terra Firma Farm, the leading owners, they've got eight wins and only one second at the meet. So, you know, they're rolling. So they're How horses. many times have you pointed that out to me over the years on either a horse or a trainer, just showing the huge discrepancy in between first and seconds. And sometimes it's showing the seconds and, and yeah. that 
that uh, that makes your year if you turn those seconds into wins. It does, and it's a statistic, if I'm handicapping, that I really love with a horse because it tells me if they get in contention, yeah. they're usually going to win, you know, if they're or they're not going to be anywhere. So, uh, And what's good about that is when they don't, you know, run second and third, you kind of get better odds on them coming back when they do fire. Darn so, right. But, yeah, Joe Toy and, and the Conleys, they're just clicking right now so everything they got a good chance for a couple more this week so definitely yeah uh okay and i have one on uh a horse by the name of grinder sparks a glow who's pretty darn well known here and in oregon he's a 10 year old now he's coming off his first emerald down start of the season he ran a tremendous second as he went wide uh but he's got the one hole tonight well not a problem Five sprints in his career from the one hole, he's won three of them. So uh, That's good. if you're scared on Grinder Sparks Aglow, you don't like the rail. In fact, I watched a couple of the races. One, he stayed on the rail all the way in one. Another, he uh, had a little traffic and went down the middle of the track after, at the quarter pole and won that. So the one post for a tough competitor like him, he's out there to race, and it has not been a problem in his career. You know, what a pro he is, yeah. and what fun. You know, I talked to Robbie Bays briefly about him last week, and you could just see how Robbie really respects that racehorse. You know, when you go through some slumps as a barn grinder, has always been there for that guy, and he is just a real, real pro. And uh, Richard Senna, a good guy. Yes. The co-breeder and the owner of that horse. What a what a great run that they've had with 10-year-old grinder Sparks Aglow. Even if I don't wager on him and I watch him win, I salute him. Oh, he's gosh. a heck of a horse. Uh, just uh, they're they're pretty rare when they keep up their their class. You know, past the age of seven or eight, and. Uh, he just ran a really good second in his first start at this meeting. Okay, let's take a timeout. We'll come back with John Lindley of Parkers, and we will do that here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us. Emerald Downs Racing this particular week, Wednesday, Thursday at 6, Saturday at 6 as well. And after the races on Saturday, July 3rd, the fireworks spectacular. Get your tickets at emeralddowns.com as uh, we're looking forward to the return of normality, and we're getting there quickly. And uh, John Lindley is joining us john from parkers uh, a frequent guest uh on the wind play show on horse racing northwest uh, doing some great tv work for us over the years and putting out parkers a tip sheet for just two bucks and uh john you've uh scored on the pentafecta already this year that's included in parkers good day to you hey joe and vince it's great to be on Hi, today. John. yeah i think um you know part of the thing as we've talked about many times is to try to bet a little to win a lot, and it's mm. hard to do. But um, when there's carryovers that we see either at Emerald or throughout the country, it definitely is worth taking a shot because, you know, with the takeout kind of negated by those carryovers, 
um, you know, that helps the better. And on that particular day, there was a small carryover going into the last race, and there was a big favorite who won, and I was able to uh, get the ticket to come in and, nice. you know, do okay. Yeah, you bet. Uh, anytime there's a carryover, and even with the favorite winning, there's a good chance to come out in the black. Well, John does just a great job of handicapping. And, John, uh, of course, your Parker's sheet and uh, your handicapping is done well in advance of the first race on a given day, uh, probably up to uh, 48 hours ahead at times, I would think. No? Yeah, I think most of my work is done two nights before, and then I have to, like everybody knows, have to type it all in and get it all formatted and sent to Emerald Downs the day before. So pretty much I'm two days ahead of the schedule, so I've, I'll be working. I've already done Thursdays and today's Wednesday. I'll be working on um, Saturdays probably by tomorrow afternoon and have that done by Friday morning. Very good. And uh, parkerspicks.com is a website you can go to and actually get the sheet there, or you can get it, of course, at Emerald Downs as well, uh, Parkers. And uh, we've got two-year-old races. We've got two big fields coming up. And I often see you uh, walking away from the paddock going down there to take a look at two-year-olds. Of course, your selections have already made been made well in advance of uh, any paddock situation, but uh, what are some of the things you're looking for and, and to reinforce uh, your handicapping when, when you do go down for the young horses? Well, obviously, like you mentioned beforehand, I've already made picks, and when I, when I look at the two-year-olds, there's a couple key things. I think we have enough information on sires, and there's you know information pub, uh, published about their Number, you know, percentage of winners first out for uh, first time starters. And I think that's pretty useful because mm. for me, if I see a sire and it's under seven or 8%, it's going to be pretty hard for me to select that horse because there's just so much information. If combine that with the trainer record and, you know, I keep pretty detailed training rec trainer records for the trainers at Emerald Downs. Um, if I get a, a low percentage sire and a, and a trainer that tends to race him into shape, I'm probably not going to be looking at that horse, no matter what the breeding or purchase price or even the workouts. Um, those are kind of two key things for me when I first glance at the races. And workouts are somewhat important to me. I mean, unless I was there, you know, observing every one of them to see if they're in company or exercise rider or how much um, the exercise rider or, or a jockey asked the horse during the race and all those little factors that, you know, you could see if you're physically there. I just like to see them consistent. I don't want to see gaps. And, you know, usually you'll see one or two gate workouts and then some nice five per long workouts in 101 or some 49s, you know, pretty much tells me those horses are fit. Um, and then, you know, again, back to the trainer, there are some barns that do rip very well with two-year-olds and there's some others that take a race or two. So that'll kind of guide my selections. And as you mentioned, going to the paddock's going to help a lot because as you know, um, a lot of these horses are mentally maybe need, need, need some experience and some of them come out and they look like they've been doing it their whole life. Mm -hmm. You can tell that just by watching them walk around and how they're handled. And, you know, sometimes you can see the whites of their eyes and other times you can see the horses totally calm and relaxed and uh, well-schooled and uh, even in the pro parade also. So those are the kind of the two main things I'll look at and I'll make notes of that and we'll see how the horses do. And then of course, once they've run, run once and go back to kind of a normal handicapping for me after that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, again, John is so good at that. Uh, 
Vince, you know, I mean, you hit a 20 to one shot or something, that horse is in your memory bank, you know. Um, and uh, when it runs the next time, he or she, uh, you know, you're probably going to give it a couple extra points of uh, plus consideration there because it did something nice. Uh, but John is is really good at uh, just being objective. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we all have horses. We like to follow their careers and they've been good to us, like you mentioned. And I'm guilty of that a little bit, but I, I agree with John on that. I try to look at each race as a new, complete, separate entity or whatever, yep. which is not to say you just said it, though. I might give a, a horse of mine that I like a couple extra bonus points, all things being equal. But yeah, good idea to just take each race as it comes up. So with two-year-olds, John, uh, and Vince brought this up uh, in, in a previous segment on this show uh, about there's a statistic on four and a half furlong uh, two-year-old races at Emerald Downs, I think only one, what is it, one for 55, did yeah, you say? Yeah, the last six seasons, uh, post seven through 10, are just one for 55 at four and a half furlongs. Okay, so uh, the set, the outside posts are just having a big trouble winning, and that's a four and a half furlong race. What about the one hole for two-year-olds? Is, is it any different for you um, than it is for an older horse? But, of course, you got to take into consideration, I suppose, the distance, like four and a half. Yeah, I think for me, at least at the four and a half, five and five and a half, I don't really think it's a, a negative for sure. If anything, it's a positive because if the horse uh, breaks somewhat sharply, he or she's going to be able to save ground, which is a big plus. I think when they get uh, any horses, when they get to six and six and a half and there's that shoot, for some reason, the one hole can be intimidating. I just don't think it is as much mm -hmm. for the younger horses and those shorter distance because the break is the key for, as you know, for a lot of these two-year-olds. You, you see on occasion horses come far back, but from far back, but most of the time going into the turn, the race is kind of decided to some degree. And if you're in the one hole and you have any sense of speed at all, you're going to kind of have an advantage in that. So I I think as Vince, Vince mentioned, in fact, when I looked at one of the races today, I tried to pick um, the 10-horse slack tide in the third, but that 10-hole, without knowing the exact numbers that um, you guys just mentioned, is, is it's just you got to break super sharp and be able to clear all those horses potentially and not you know be as wide. So I ended up with that horse second only because of the post because it it's definitely a negative. And it's kind of similar to the flat mile race that we card in, in all-mile tra tracks. When you get out to the 8, 9, 10-hole, you're almost always hung out wide on the turn and, you know, some horses will overcome it, but it is a big disadvantage. And of course, in a four and a half for a long race, um, it's very similar to, since they come up on the turn so quick. Yeah. I've said this many times, uh, if I'm stuck uh, in a one mile race, a two turn one mile, I'm just having a hard time. I just go back and look at the, the horses numbers one and two again to see if there's any light there that, uh, you know, give that that's a big advantage going into that first turn. In a one mile. We're talking two-year-olds at Emerald Downs, uh, two full fields of uh, maiden special weights, uh, Colts and Geldings in the second and Phillies in the third. Um, not to give away the whole Parkers, but give us a winner in one of those races uh, on Wednesday. So I mentioned I kind of got a couple things that I look at. One is, you know, Sire being a pretty good debut and the other is a trainer. And, and the very first two-year-old race, um, Frank Lucarelli, who surprisingly doesn't have a high percentage of wins with two-year-olds first out. He has a high percentage of wins, of course, overall. Um, however, you know, the Golden Sense is a pretty decent sire, and, you know, I don't know much about the mom, but the workout pattern just looks pretty solid to me. Typical, you know, a couple two furlongs, a couple threes, and then, you know, two gate work, two or three gates and a super fast gate workout. So, 
it was interesting to me that Matthias is on the horse for Frank, and yeah, they've had some success in the past. And I'm thinking this horse has some pretty decent early speed, and he's not that seven hole like you mentioned is not ideal, but it's not the ten hole. So yeah. um, I'm hoping the horse can break sharp, and um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Golden Sense. We haven't seen too many of those horses up here, and the fact that they paid twenty five thousand dollars for it is a pretty good number at the Washington sale. One of the you know, uh, more, more pricier horses. So we'll see if we can run to the expectations right off the bat here. Okay. I put him on top of my handicapping as well. Boss nine is his name. Uh, it's nine to two on Vince's morning line. Firster by Golden Sense out of the name of the dam is uh, Dress for Belief. And she's by Drosselmeyer. She was a non-starter herself, but her previous two foals are both winners. One is a stakes placed uh, winner. So two for two on the dam side as far as the producer, and uh, no problem there. I did do that. And uh, um, so I went in the third race, I went to Cadillac Margarita, the number one horse. Uh, I do kind of like Stay Thirsty as a stallion. I think he's uh, fine for his price level and so forth. And the damn special holiday, we saw her here at Emerald Down. She was stakes placed. Uh, she made 135000 in five wins from 20 starts and uh, she's also produced uh, two winners from her two previous runners and the works uh, look okay for Jeff Metz. Jeff Metz uh, doesn't show any five-eighths works there. Of course, this race is only four and a half, but he's only got one half mile work. But then you look at his stats, uh, John and Vince, uh, he's 18% with first time starters yeah. and he's got a good ROI. And uh, so anyway, I, put that horse on top yeah and and scott tubbs his assistant here has done some great work with young horses the last few years too so i certainly respect the young horses coming out of that barn as you can see that the morning line there was a real struggle for me there and uh, with a seven to two morning line um so it'll be interesting to follow the uh the tote board on those two and make it a little more clues there it really will uh john how about uh, in the sixth race on wednesday night this horse zatter for joe toy who uh, raced in really top company when he was younger. He's a six-year-old now. And uh, beaten favorite down in Phoenix, came up here, and he didn't break all that well on our opening day of May 19th, but he made about a a four-and-a-half furlong move and won by four lengths. He was pretty awesome. It was 10,000. He ran in a little tougher race next time out, and uh, he got put away on the front end. What do you do with a horse like that uh, coming back? Well, I think there's two big points that you, you both are aware of and you both made. The first is he moves back outside. Um, last time, even though he was in a two-hole, he dueled with the horse that was in the one-hole, but they went super fast, and it just seems to me like he just did, even though he has won on the lead before a long time ago, he just looks a little to be a little better off when he comes from maybe third or fourth a couple lengths back. As you mentioned in the race May 19th, he he did not really break that cleanly, but that might actually help him a little bit. Yeah. And last time he broke too cleanly, and I think it it hurt him. So I think moving outside is a big plus for him. Dropping back down to a ten thousand dollar race and back to five and a half are all things that are pretty straightforward here. It's um, interesting that he gets a rider change off of that, but uh, I don't think it's it's a negative rider change at all. Of course, I just it's interesting that um, Kutan is on a different horse here, but I think. All those things are positive here. He's going to get a perfect stocking trip. It appears two or three others really want the lead, especially with the Fuzzy Dolphin and Cody's Choice kind of need the lead types. The fact that he doesn't need the lead and moves outside gives him every advantage. So I think he'll have a, a really nice trip tonight. We'll see if he can bounce back off a, 
kind of a poor effort at six and a half. I mean, all positives today, and he'll probably, as Vince made in the morning line favorite, deservedly probably be eight to five-ish or three to two, especially with the barn that has started off unbelievable. I mean, he's done this before, but this year it seems to be uh, double tough with a lot of their starters. Yeah, the horse that put Zatter away on June 10th was Aiden's Dream, who was running here for the first time, and uh, he's had a pretty darn good career. He's an older horse, in fact, an eight-year-old by Wildcat Air, and uh, he was just able to outrun Zatter on some some hot fractions and go on and win by a neck over rate for me uh, in that race of June 10th. So Zatter coming back with, uh, as John mentioned, post-position and inside speed to just uh, naturally stock should set him up for a pretty good trip. He's in against Grinder Sparks Club. What a great card, huh, John? It must have been fun uh, handicapping this card, uh, the Wednesday card. Yeah, especially a race like you mentioned that we just talked about. Grinder Sparks glows in there. Um, Fuzzy Dolphin, so lucky. All former stakes winners in the race. And, you know, you have a horse like Zadar who's only had uh, 13 starts as a six-year-old, six but he's run some big races here. And there's, like you mentioned, several uh, competitive fields. And I don't think there'll be any super big favorites tonight. We saw last week, I think favorites did extremely well. I don't remember the numbers, but I think it was somewhere around 40% win. Yeah, six out of um, eight, I know, on Thursday. Yeah, this week, both today and tomorrow, I don't know. I mean, obviously there'll be some favorites that win, but I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a bunch of um, three or four to five shots. It's going to be competitive races. And as we talked, is one of the things you mentioned straight out. Even if there is a big favorite, you have opportunities, as everybody knows, in the exotics. And Dutton is back on Wednesday as well at Emerald Downs. Our horse of the meeting uh, debuted in a six and a half furlong stakes race and won that and just blew away his foes. It was, uh, well... Uh, he's easily one of the most impressive two-year-old sprinters in state history, uh, going three for three. And then he stretched it out and won the Godstein as well for Howard Belvoir. Uh, and uh, he's in against older horses, as, of course, many of you know, he was scratched at the gate of the Auburn Stakes a few weeks back. Uh, just was a little unruly and was pretty hot in the paddock as well. And uh, some of the explanations on that were that this is the first time he came over and there was a crowd and a crowd, uh, people around the paddock, much more than normal, and uh, you know, fans in the stand. Uh, who knows? But he, he's a fairly high-strung individual. But uh, Howard Belvoir has him in against three-year-old uh, older horses. He's the only three-year-old in the field. Uh, how do you rate his chances? You know, it's interesting in here in the same race is Wind Ribbon, who also was a gate scratch and kind of a key mm. gate scratch. I'm not saying that Papa's Golden Boy would not have won the uh, race that he did anyway, but Wind Ribbon kind of is pretty quick. But Dutton drew outside of him, and we've talked about him a lot, even though he's only run three times last year. But going into this year, his first start was just super impressive. You know, he had six and a half to go, 21-3, 44 flat as a two-year-old, and just dominate like that is so rare. And he, yeah. he came back and went, you know, 21-1. Wind Ribbon definitely is capable of doing that. Um, he's on occasion run some gigantic races, especially his first start last year. And he, he was a, a scratch out of the paddock because I think of a shoey pair. That's correct, and last yeah. Time, in the Budweiser, I believe he he kind of acted up in the gate also. So um, he, he's going to offer Dutton at least some resistance, at least for the first quarter mile, assuming they both both break sharply. But I still think Dutton, even off his two year old form and given some you know maturing, even though sometimes their two year old year might be their best, but um, he sure looks like he's as as fast as Papa's Golden Boy is, even though he's a three year old, and we'll find that out tonight. And 
Um, I'd be hard pressed to bet against him, and I hope he gets everything goes his way, and he shows us um, where he's where he has going into his three year old year. Yeah, yeah, uh, we wish the best for everybody and all those uh, routines, and let's get him out on the track. We've got uh, excellent racing this week at Emerald Downs. John, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, and uh, Parker's available at the track or online, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, and I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, thanks, John. Thank you, John. John Lindley joining us, and uh, we like to have him on as much as possible on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, any uh, closing comments? Uh, yeah, well, well, John mentioned it there, as Dutton's had a hard luck. Wind Ribbon has really had a little dark cloud around him at the start. That June 2nd allowance race, he did. He lost a shoe in the paddock and was a late scratch, and then he was a gate scratch. Yeah. Uh, paddock scratch, excuse me, when losing a shoe, and then uh, before the Budweiser, he was a gate scratch. So hopefully three is the charm for him, and both him and Dutton can get out there and settle things on the racetrack. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that race. Oh, boy, aren't we ever. Uh, Wind Ribbon... Uh, just came out flying for Blaine Wright last year. Son of Sway Away, he's a Calbred, and uh, you know he had won uh, just one race prior to uh, the 2020 meeting, but he really uh, stepped up his game as he matured a little bit. So uh, he could give Dutton some some issues up there on the front end. And you got the old man, oh marvelous me, now nine years old. Wheel rally coming off a spectacular first out. Bob Meeking was real happy to see that as uh, his horses are with Tim McKenna this year. And Bob uh, very well could be back next year. That would be outstanding for and uh, Catfish Hunter. Catfish Hunter. Ran second of Papa's Golden Boy, his first out. And he could get a good stocking trip uh, tonight. Okay, well, a lot of talk on Wednesday's card, but racing Thursday at 6 and Saturday as well at 6. Fireworks spectacular after the races. And so we get into the holiday atmosphere here at Emerald Downs, our first three-day race week. Thanks for listening. Oh, uh, trivia. Shoot. Let's end it with trivia. Last week's question, which Emerald Downs jockey has 18 local stakes victories? And those 18 stakes wins came aboard 18 different horses. That's a pretty rare stat. Was it uh, Kevin Radke? Uh, No, it wasn't. But uh, that's a good guess because he he probably won about that many stakes. But it it happens to be, and no one got the answer. That's uh, pretty rare. But this was a tough one. Ben Russell. Yeah. Ben Russell won his first stake here in 2001, his last stake in 2006. He rode the Barbara Shinpo four times and won it every time. So Ben Russell, the late Ben Russell, who we sincerely miss in this industry, uh, had a great run at Emerald Downs. And uh, we have a question for this week. Which horse has the highest Emerald Downs earnings without winning a stakes race? In track history, over 25 seasons plus, the highest earnings without winning a stakes race. Send your answers to emerald or trivia at emeralddowns.com that's trivia at emeralddowns.com we'll get a little prize for you and uh that uh has got vince thinking over there i can see his uh, machine going right now yeah okay all right vince very good and thanks to peter lewin and john lindley as well and thanks for listening to horse racing northwest